Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, we're going to have a conversation about how to stay pure in a dirty world. This is a topic I'm passionate about and have talked about for many years. I have a special guest here, a new friend of mine, a purpose-driven friend, Darkeisha Suggs. We're going to have a real talk conversation on purity and give you practical steps on how to keep pure while you're single waiting on marriage and also keeping yourself pure within marriage. So today I welcome Darkeisha into the studio. She's actually never shared her story publicly, so she's a little nervous. Welcome, Darkeisha. Hi, Leah. How are you? Doing good, girl. You look beautiful. As do you. Thank you. So good to have you over today. So when I met Darkeisha, it wasn't that long ago, but it was a total God connection. As we started getting to know each other and sharing our stories, I was so impressed by this girl. She's gorgeous. She could have any man, but... (laughs) You know it's true, girl. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> wow. She's confident. You know what I'm saying? She is confident. Anyways, I love her. Okay. So um, we just had a really good Jesus talk. We were getting to know each other. She shared with me, and she doesn't mind me sharing this, but she is a 31-year-old virgin. I'm like, what, girl? You know, this is really how it should be and how God intended it to be. But unfortunately, we don't hear this a lot. For me personally, I'm not technically a virgin. However, I am what I call a born-again virgin, where I have rededicated my purity and my body to God, where I have not given myself to anybody outside of God's will for over 10 years. So those of you listening right now might wonder, how do you stay a virgin for 31 years? How do you stay a born-again virgin for so many years? Or how to stay pure while you're dating somebody that you're in love with, that you're attracted to? How to keep yourself from temptation in that relationship? Well, friends, let me tell you, it's not easy, but it is possible. So we have Darkeisha here. She's going to share her story of a recent relationship that she just ended and the lessons that she learned. So tell us, how is it that you have kept your virginity for these 31 years? And in addition, you were in a serious relationship for over three years with someone that you were very attracted to that was very charming and that would have easily taken that from you. In fact, he pressured you to give it up. So how was it that you were able to stay abstinent? Okay, where do I begin? That is a loaded question, but I will answer it to the best of my capability. First and foremost, I have, I, well, I do, I owe everything to God, my Lord and Savior, for this walk that I do daily. Second of all, I have to um, give honor to my parents as well because they are the ones that has instilled this into me um, since I was a child. What I will say, what has kept me to continuing to keep my virginity, first and foremost, it is the fear of God. That's just always been in me, fearing the consequences of what could happen when you have sex. You're like, I ain't having a baby. I don't trust a lot of people, (laughs) Um, especially men, because I know they'll tell you anything that you want to hear just to get in your pants. Exactly. actually never shared this publicly, so I'm a little nervous about it. I got you. 
Um, I will say with my situation, me and the guy, we started off as friends first. And honestly, I thought I could handle it because I went into it knowing that me and him were unequally yoked. But I said, well, we could probably just be friends. So that's how I went about it. As I started to hang out with him, we just clicked and we went out every day, um, went to the movies, ate anything you can think of, went on outings, zip lining, everything. For that first year, we were really good friends. And now that I look back on it, you can't play with fire. <laughs> you can't. Um, <laughs> you know, the devil will make you think that, you know, you can handle this. Just get in a little bit. And, you know, I felt like I could stop it if it ever went too far. That didn't happen. So. See how sneaky the enemy is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buy a little bit of that apple. <laughs> get kicked out the promised land. <laughs> Pretty much I told myself I could go into this with just me and him being friends and I would not take it any any further because he wasn't a Christian, but you know, I'm trying to honor God and I knew what kind of guy he was, so that was on me. But um we went into it, we had a good time, hung out. As we continue to hang out daily, it of course turned into something else. Um, we started to have feelings for one another and, you know, God gave me all the red flags in the beginning to get out. And I honestly tried, um, a couple of times I was like, yeah, I would even meet him somewhere. I'm like, we, we need to part ways and all, but it never happened because it's like, we were like magnets to each other. So we kept coming back. It. It's crazy because I would have never known it would have blossomed into this three-year situationship. <laughs> but um, I will say, as we um got more serious with one another, of course, got more intense. It was pressure during the whole three years, honestly. Yeah, of course there was, because if he's not living for God and he doesn't have the same Holy Spirit conviction and the upbringing that you had and the moral convictions you have, then he is not going to care about that. He's after, you know, what he desires, which is going to be sex. Yes. I remember my first like real boyfriend. I was 20 years old and I walked away from God. I was not living right. And basically he just wanted me for my body. And he would tell me, you know, you need to take care of home. I'm like, uh, you're not home. I don't have a ring on my finger. Yeah. You tell me that one more time. He was like, if you don't want me looking at all these other women, you know what to do. Like, take care of home. (laughs) Boy, please. Don't give boyfriends husband privileges. I agree. So yeah, it it was it was a lot of pressure during the time we were talking um because we were attracted to one another. He had the charm. You know, like I said he was attractive. Yeah, sin usually is. That's true. I just kind of feel prey to that. I will say I don't want to come off as a hypocrite either because I never had sex with him, but I found myself in compromising situations. But ultimately, I didn't give in to what he desired most. I knew not to because I trusted God over him and didn't want to start a relationship or marriage already being outside of the will of God. Because as I said, when you play with fire, you will get burned. So, But the Lord even still just kept me, you know, I, I still had a made up mind that I wanted to 
stay pure until I was married. Forever I've had this joke. No ding ding without the bling bling. <laughs> so yeah, you moved for your job to a totally different town where you didn't know anyone. And so you met this charming, attractive guy that you wanted to be friends with. You didn't think any more was going to come out of it. But see how the enemy is so sneaky, you know? That's true. Um, and this guy wasn't saved, so he's not going to have the same convictions that you have. So it's actually no surprise that you would be put in a compromising situation, right? Yeah, so the enemy is definitely sneaky because, like I said, with the situation, I thought I could get myself out of it um, if it ever got too far. But it's like going in a maze and it's hard to get out of it. That's how sin is. We, we, like I said, we started off as friends and we just grew this bond. We just had that foundation. It, it wasn't a godly foundation. It's definitely of the world. But we were definitely unequally yoked. So it was like a tug of war the whole time um, we were talking. It's like, you know, I wanted it to make it work with him and he wanted to make it work. Um, but it he wanted me to do it his way. I wanted him to do it my way. So he would come to church with me um, just to please me. And it was probably even another ploy to make me feel like, yeah, he could be the one. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and we you know that that happened for a while, but eventually that faded off because it it wasn't in his heart to really be there at church and to really be serving God. But he did what he could, at least to please me. But it's not about me. <laughs> but um, honestly, when all that was going on, I genuinely um, wanted him to have a relationship with Christ because I, I wanted to be with him. So it was like missionary dating and me wanting that fantasy. But God told me no from the very beginning, so it was it's on me that I even allowed it to get this far. So now I have to go through this healing process, which isn't easy. I can totally relate. When I was 18, something happened in my family that rocked my world. And out of my own pain, I started to rebel and live a compromising life. I had a boyfriend, I was clubbing on the regular, you know, going to house parties. But four years later, when I got my life right, I repented and I rededicated my life to God. And I vowed at that time to wait till marriage and to wait for my husband. But telling God that you want to stay pure or maybe being raised in a moral home where, you know, my dad was all about purity and modesty, things like that. That will not keep us pure. That alone will not keep us pure. Because when we are in the real world, right, and we're being bombarded with temptations and things left and right from the world, it's what our peers are doing. It's what looks like the norm and what we should be doing. So how do we keep ourselves from falling into temptation? Well, I'm going to give you some practical ways to keep yourself pure and to keep yourself from compromise. First of all, we got to stay away from all that booty call music, right, Darkeisha? <laughs> I agree. There's always some new booty drop music, you know, some challenge. What is it now? The Busset Challenge or whatever. I didn't even know what that was till you told me. But even country music or top 40, you know, music that you don't think is raunchy, they're still talking about sex, drugs, and the fast life. All this music we listen to, if it doesn't glorify God, then it has a spirit attached to it that leads to lust, temptation, and ultimately sin. So we have to stay away from this type of music. 
these YouTube videos, movies, drinking alcohol with somebody you're with. There's been times in the past where I've watched movies with sex scenes, which is, I feel, almost every movie these days, but then I go to bed and I have a restless night's sleep, and I have fantasies and dreams, all because I opened up the door to that. And then I would wake up feeling convicted. You know, girl, I need to take a cold shower with some of these shows, you know? (laughs) It's hard to find a decent movie just to watch without seeing multiple sex scenes in it or all throughout the movie. Yeah, exactly. And another thing is alcohol. That can cause you to slip too. You know, when you're drinking alcohol together, alcohol makes you want to have sex, of course, right? Yes. It makes you vulnerable and it leads to temptation. Another thing that has been very key for me personally, you know, and I've dated guys that I have been in love with in serious relationships and have not given it up or been impure in any way, but it's because I have to have strict boundaries. No guy can just come over and Netflix and chill. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I had certain rules that I was not breaking when I dated these guys. These are rules that have kept me protected. They weren't allowed to come over and take a nap at my house, take a shower at my house, or stay the night. And I had a two-bedroom apartment. You know, they could have slept in the other room. But I really had to guard myself because I knew that you can't have boundaries once you're already in a situation. You have to have strict boundaries before you even get into a situation or else it's too late. Because the enemy is sneaky, friends. I have an example I can share on this. I remember when I was younger, this one girl, and she would go over to her boyfriend's house. She wasn't planning it, but she would end up messing up and ended up having sex with him. Well, I remember her calling me and asking for prayer because, you know, she came over to visit and the next thing you know, she was naked and she wanted prayer because she felt guilty. So, and so I prayed with her. And then like a week later, she would call me back and she said, I messed up again. You know, we did it again. You know, it's almost like she felt like that she got duped or something, you know. And then she asked me to pray for her again. So then I prayed for her. But when she called me for the third time, that's when I had to keep it real. At that point, I told her, girl, it's not prayer that you need. It's boundaries. Obviously, this is an area of weakness for you. So you need to stop going to his house. Well, she didn't really like that answer. I actually never heard from her again. You see, so many people just want you to sympathize with their sin. You know, they don't want to really be held accountable. But God is calling us to hold each other accountable. Like the other day, Darkeisha, when you told me not to post that photo, girl, remember? What did you say to me? I said, I know you're not putting that picture on social media. (laughs) Your boobs are showing. No, they weren't. It was just a little bit of cleavage. (laughs) But I remember kind of being annoyed when he told me that because I actually liked that photo of me. But afterwards, I thought about it. I actually really appreciated that you were keeping me accountable. And we need that in our lives. You know, we need to be surrounded by people that will keep us accountable. Too many people just want to be surrounded by yes people, you know, people that will just be okay with everything they do. They don't want any correction. And that's a scary place to be. The Bible instructs us to be surrounded by wise counsel. You have to be careful that you stay humble and teachable, which can help you prevent moral failure. Let's talk about soul ties because this is very important. Yes. 
Did you know that when you are sexually impure with somebody, you actually create a soul tie that's not easily broken? Yes. You know, the world tells us to just feel good, to be happy, to live your best life, right? But friends, there's no such thing as casual sex, as the world would say, right? Yes. That's just another lie of deception from the enemy. So no matter what our compromising culture says, there's no such thing as casual sex. Sin is never casual. Living apart from God is never casual. Yes. Darkisha, did the guy that you were dating want to marry you? He continued to discuss marriage and everything. But honestly, when he would bring up marriage and going further with us, um, in my spirit, I knew it wasn't right. Um, even though my flesh wanted to be with him when he would bring up, let's look, look for a house and all that. But in order for me to have done that with him, I would have had to do it outside of God's will because he was wanting us to go ahead and live together um, first and then we can build on getting a house. And of course, he would have wanted to have sex first before we got married just so he could make sure that he was marrying someone. He wanted to make sure our bodies were in sync sexually. (laughs) The devil is a lie. That reminds me of this one time this guy told me, don't you want to test drive the car before you buy it? I said, boy, you don't need to test drive a Ferrari. Right. (laughs) He was speechless. But you know, in, in those type of situations, it still makes the Will the female feel a certain type of way? You know what I mean? Because we want to be with that guy, but we know we have to almost lower our standards just to get him. So that's what I struggled with through that relationship. But um, spiritually, I, I never lost sight of God. I would have rather pleased him first than go that route of getting married outside of his will and then being in a marriage from hell. Right. And that's all I could really picture. So I would tell him there was no way God could honor or bless our marriage, um, even if we did, because he would have to renounce the multiple women he has slept with. Um, I told him he was still tied to all of these women in some way and spiritually still connected. So how could he take care of me and treat me as his wife? Yes, we have to be careful who we marry and who we create a soul tie with. Because sex is a bond, it's not casual. That's why the Bible says that when a man and a woman become husband and wife, the two become one. They become one. One soul, one body, one mind. So you can have a healthy soul tie, which is a husband and wife that God has ordained. Or you can have an unhealthy soul tie with someone that you have not bonded yourself with in a marriage covenant. These are things that we need to take seriously. Having sex is not just a lighthearted, casual thing. It's a bond that you have with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And what happens, you give yourself to this person in every way, and then you guys wind up probably not even being together. So it's like all that time you lost. So yeah, I haven't had sex, but I, like I said, I have been in compromising situations. And even in my compromising situations, I feel like that was even a tie there. Um, So I don't believe in casual sex because um, you're emotionally and physically, mentally tying yourself to multiple people who you sleep with. And I just believe you 
take in a part of their character or DNA and it just resides in you and it, it lives in you spiritually until you you know, renounce and repent from that. But if you don't repent from that, you're just taking it to the next person and the next person and the next person. And we wonder why um, so many marriages fail because a lot of people don't renounce those soul ties and they're spiritually even probably still married to that person who they slept with before. Yes, that's next level. Wow, that's so true. Soul ties are not formed by just having intercourse. But also when you perform or they perform impure sexual acts on you or you with them. Yeah, it's true. Um, you can definitely even have soul ties from there. Because like I said, um, I, be, I friendships are even soul ties. So we had that. We had that foundation. And you get physical, you touch, you know, that type of thing. The making out. That, that's a tie. Yeah, you're still giving a piece of yourself to someone. Yeah, you're still giving a piece of yourself. So it's it's definitely a tie there, soul tie. So and that's why when when you leave the person and you have to part, it, it takes time to heal from it. Um, you just can't get up and boom, you know, unless you're just trying to get over the pain and just get under somebody else <laughs> to avoid it, you know. Those are probably those people that just can't stay single. You know, you see people that they're just dating, dating, serial dating, and they don't know how to be alone. You know, there's a reason why Hollywood marriages last five minutes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but for real, there's a reason why those marriages don't last long, you know, it's because they are saturated with sexual compromise. Yep. I remember Will Smith saying in an interview, acting is legal cheating. Mm. Basically, you can be in a bed kissing all these different people full of lust and then just call it your job. Yep. Another reason what keeps me keeping my virginity is this is something I've always thought. I am, I don't want to use the word scared, but I don't want to give myself away to a man who is not my husband. Um, even the past um, situationship I just got out of, even though I cared about him, I didn't trust him enough to give him that because he could have did anything with it after I gave it to him. That would have, you know, would have broke me if I would have allowed it. So I don't, I can't trust you if we can't wait and do as God says to wait after marriage. But um, that's what keeps me to um, just can't trust a man at face value in what he says. You have to trust God over man. So I will say that is my number one rule for that. I cannot give a man that I cannot give him my virginity um, if he's not my husband. A real man that respects you will want to wait, though. Yes, a, a real, and I had to keep telling myself that too, because like so many of us, you know, people around us, our friends, they're not doing that, so it, it can make you feel some type of way, like you know. I actually have sisters, you know, in California that were virgins until they got married. In fact, one sister just got married, and she was in her late thirties. But I remember before she got married and she was looking for the right one, you know, she would go online and kind of like serial date, you know. Right. She would just date a ton of different guys that would ask her out. But she would always tell them from the get-go on the very first date, you know, I'm a virgin and I'm waiting till marriage. 
And either she would see that they did not want to keep dating her because that's what they wanted from her, or they would see her as a challenge, like, oh, I'm going to be the one to conquer her, right? Right. She didn't want to waste any more time, you know, so she would tell him on the very first date. That's what I just came out of. So I actually respect the guy more if he just walks away from it because he's not even going to try to play with it, you know, but the other guy, hey, let me see if I could be the first one, you know, so. He's a sneaky snake. He's a sneaky snake. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I know about it. So. (laughs) And the guy that she ended up marrying actually respected her and wanted to wait for her. And that's the guy she married. So the moral of the story is don't settle. There are good men and women out there that are honorable and respectful, that are willing to wait, and they want to do it God's way. And those are the ones that are worth the wait, because you are worth the wait. As we know, staying pure is not easy. We live in a world that is constantly bombarding us with sex. There's temptation with music and movies and social media. We're constantly being bombarded by the lustful pleasures of this world. The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, friends, the enemy is sneaky. He's a deceiver. He will do whatever it takes to try to get us to fall. So we need to be on guard. We can't act like we're invincible and that we won't sin. If we put ourselves in certain situations, if we play around with the world, then we're going to have the same consequences as the world. You might have to clean up, you know, your social media account and start unfollowing people that are, you know, that are living in peer, that are posting photos half naked. You might have to deactivate your Netflix account if you're tempted to watch all the raunchy movies that they put out there, right? You might have to turn off your radio. You have to fight for your purity. It's not going to just come easily because the flesh craves these things. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalms, how can a person stay on the path of purity? And the answer to that is, by living according to God's word. We have to hide God's word in our heart so that we might not sin against him and reap those life-altering consequences that come from sin. We have to feed on the spirit more than the flesh, or we will be tempted and we will fall into temptation. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, if you play with fire, you will get burned. I don't care if every pastor is doing it, every Christian that you know is doing it. God is calling us to live a life of no compromise. Yes. I remember going to a conference about a year ago and a famous pastor was there as a speaker. And he said, you know, God told me to get rid of my Netflix. He said, I barely even watched it. But God told me, deactivate your account, get rid of your Netflix. And so he was immediately obedient and he did. I remember when I was 25 and I was asked to chaperone a youth retreat and the guest speaker at this retreat called me out from the back, like six rows back. And he said, get rid of your TV. It's ruining your relationship with God. And I was like, what? (laughs) I barely watch TV. At that time, I watched like two shows or something. You know, I was very active. I didn't stay on the couch long. I barely even watched TV. Like, it doesn't even make sense. It wasn't like I was a couch potato. But I remember because of the fear of God I had, immediately when I got home, I turned off my cable. I mean, I didn't throw my TV over the balcony, you know, (laughs) but I turned off my cable and I really got rid of TV once I moved and I didn't have a TV for over 15 years. 
So when all these popular shows would come on and people would talk about them, I had no idea what they were talking about. It was like God was restoring my innocence and I became so sensitive to impurity that when I would go to someone else's house and I would watch TV and I would see all these like sexual, lustful commercials that would come on, it really affected me. And I like, I just wanted to walk out of the room. And it's because I got rid of my TV for so long that I wasn't desensitized by the things of this world. I was very sensitive. And I actually want to stay that way. Like, I actually want to be like that forever till I die, you know, because yeah. like, yeah, I feel God's good pleasure and his protection when I choose him over my flesh. You know, when I choose him over what's popular or what everybody else is doing, I have a sense of peace that is so beautiful that I don't ever want to trade it in. This comes by keeping yourself set apart. I'm not telling you that, you know, watching TV is a sin or to get rid of your TV, but there's a lot of garbage that comes out of Hollywood. I do encourage you to sit down and to take account of the ways that you spend your time daily and ask God, if there's anything that I'm doing that doesn't please you, then show me. That's your own journey with God that you are going to have to sit in your quiet place and you're going to have to ask him. And you know what things are kind of dominating your life. You know. Yes. The more time that we spend cultivating an intimate relationship with him, the less that we will desire the things of this world. Sin is what we do when we're not satisfied with God. When he truly becomes your lover, you know, you're satisfied by him. Yes. You don't need other things to fill the void, right? So God is calling us to that. The closer we get to God, the less these things actually even become temptation. I remember certain things that were tempting to me. Like I would miss certain things that I got rid of at first. But the closer I got to God, the less I even wanted to do those things. God is all satisfying. We really don't need something else plus Jesus. You know, it's Jesus plus nothing. You know, God tells us in 1 Peter that we have spent enough time in the past doing what the world chooses to do, living in lust and drunkenness and idolatry. You know, the world is surprised that we don't join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on us. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. You know, it's not going to be popular to live holy and pleasing to God, to live pure, but we have to choose pleasing God over man. It's a daily choice that we have to make. Fight every day. It's a daily battle. You have to make up your mind every day to say, hey, I'm going to choose to keep my purity today. Right. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, that I never listen to this or watch that or look at that. I'm not saying that. But when I started to pray that God would easily convict me and that I would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I don't allow my heart to be hardened or desensitized and I correct myself so it doesn't become a habit. It's conviction. That's another thing, like how you was described with the girl who kept going to her boyfriend's house and she kept falling and she wanted you to pray for her. Um, That's another thing. I just don't want to feel like I'm playing with God every time a scenario like that happens because then you have to go back, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, but you're not changing anything to even stop you from doing that. It's not true repentance. It's not true repentance. So that's a conviction of mine. 
I feel like in today's society, um, we go around trying to fill that void that only God can fulfill. And we look to people or other things or things that make us feel good when it, it, it just leads to a dark hole. Um, it takes God, though, to fulfill that void that's there. And that's the only way you'll feel complete. He wants us to come to him for intimacy. When I say I fear God, I definitely fear God, even in the midst of my slip-ups. I would always tell the person who I was with during that three-year um, timeline, I would tell him, I'm not going to hell for you. Amen. I'm not going to hell for what's between your legs because we weren't married. These are the signs of the times, and um, we can't be caught up in what the world is doing. Yeah, um, they make fornication and sex look so casual. They put it everywhere on the TV and in the movies, but we know God's word doesn't change. Yes, it's in the music. He's the same God that he was yesterday, today, and forever. So we can't abide by what the world wants us to do. We have to keep that in mind. We have to read his word. Fornication is still a sin. Outside of marriage, it's a sin. And that's how all these um, broken homes are made um, with children having to grow up, you know, with this parent or that parent. And God has a reason for why he holds us to these standards because he wants to protect us. Yes, we need to do it God's way and to choose holiness over horniness. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that just came out my head. I don't know what happened. I know. (laughs) But for real, God is looking for men and women to stop living on the fence because the devil owns the fence. Yes, God's looking for pure hearts right now. It's, It's just not worth it. And I think people, many people take a gamble with it because they believe there's no consequences. Yeah, unfortunately, lukewarm Christians are not hard to find. So many want to do whatever they want to do in life and then have God on the side in case of emergency. I'm reminded of the show The Bachelor that I don't watch, but there was some news about this last show Here she is sleeping with pretty much strangers that she met on the show, you know, having sex in windmills and things like that. And then when she was asked about her faith, she said, oh, Jesus still loves me. It was like she was totally fine with casual sex. Like there was no conviction there. No fear of God. It's a scary way to live. Because honestly, the churches don't talk about it. They don't talk about, um... They don't talk much about ungodly soul ties and, and sex, you know, outside of marriage and all that. So a lot of people don't hear it. So they, what's telling them today is the TV and the movies and music because the church is not really talking about it. So that's another thing as well. Yeah, they um they actually teach sex ed in school um now. And it's gotten worse from when I was in high school. They're, you know, they're passing out condoms now. They're promoting um, same-sex relationships as their normal. So the kids today actually got it way worse in school in regards to sex education. All it is, they're just teaching a lot of immorality now, and it's normal. Immorality is normal, and uh, what's of God is is unnatural now, which is a lie totally from hell, but... um. But that's that that's in the Bible though, you know. What's that scripture in the Bible? Um, in the last days, what is good will be looked at as evil and what's evil will be looked at as good. So that's what's going on now. And I'm thankful for conviction. 
So true. And actually, when I started to pray that God would easily convict me, like it wouldn't take a lot to convict me, that's when I actually started living even more pleasing to Him. Because He knew then that I wanted to have a pure heart no matter the cost. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. I agree. There is peace doing it God's way. It is. It's worth it. It is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, girl, you know, you and I, we're not homely. We're curvy, confident women that get approached a lot, right? Yeah. So it's even more of a challenge for us to stay pure. So we have to make sure that we don't even entertain flirtatious behavior or guys approaching us. This kind of reminds me of a fun fact. My sisters and I were on the TV show Family Feud. When the show first aired, I got over 100 guy friend requests with comments on how fine I am and so on and so on. But please, they had no chance. (laughs) (laughs) It was no need, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I literally deleted everyone without even checking out their profiles. And still to this day, when they play our Keith family reruns, the guys hunt us down. But you know, I don't even entertain those guys. I don't even allow them to try to compliment me or make me feel good because, you know, it's hard for me being single and being celibate, you know? It feels good to have a guy compliment you and tell you that you're beautiful, right? Yes. But I know where it all leads, so I don't even play around. (laughs) Not today, Satan. This message of purity is not just for the unmarried ones. It's also very important for those that are married. Affairs do not happen overnight. It starts with small compromises, enjoying how someone other than your spouse makes you feel emotionally. It's one compromise after another. The next thing you know, you're justifying sin. And small compromises have big consequences. We need to guard our hearts and have boundaries that please God. Non-negotiable boundaries. A good rule to keep in mind in every scenario is to ask ourselves, would God be pleased right now if he was here? If the answer is no or maybe, then there's no other option than to simply turn it off or walk out. There's no middle ground, you know. Compromise starts by us living in the gray area. Is when you let the enemy deceive you and the next thing you know, you're justifying your actions. Yeah. Well, friends, the good news is God is a God of second chances, like in my case. I rededicated my body and my purity to Him. I have a past and I haven't done it all right, but God not only forgives, He wants to redeem and restore you. We're going to pray a powerful soul tie breaking prayer to release you from any shame that the enemy has tried to put on you. For this is the day for a new start, friends. You can start fresh today with God as our healer and our deliverer. He wants us to live free of shame and any soul ties. I encourage you to take this time to forgive yourself and to forgive anyone else from your past. Darkeisha is going to lead us in this prayer and she's going to fill in the blanks with her specific soul tie. So I encourage you to pause and fill in the exact names of whoever it is that you have been impure with so you can do this for yourself. This will also be available on my website. I will also have this prayer posted on my website so you can share it or reread it, you know, if you didn't catch it all today. 
You can find it at leahmariecarson.com at staying pure in a dirty world. You can pray this now if you're ready for a fresh start. God is the God of second chances and He loves you. So let's begin. The following prayer that I'm going to do is a prayer to break spiritual soul ties. And um, as you follow along in prayer with me, you can just insert the person's name or any spiritual ties that you have had in the past with any impure acts. Um, You just name it. Name the person specifically as we're praying together. God, thank you for being the king over the spiritual realm and the king of my heart. Thank you that you are all-knowing and you know any soul ties in my life that need to be broken. Ask God to show you anyone you have a soul tie with that needs to be broken. Focus your prayer on one person at a time. You can pray for other soul ties with people to be broken at another time with God. God, please forgive me for any of the ways that I open the door for ungodly soul ties to be formed with Jacob. God, show me what sins I have not confessed regarding my relationship with this person. Ask God to forgive you for each sin he reveals to you. God, show me what I need to forgive Jacob of so that I can be healed and free of the pain they caused me to experience. Remember, forgiving others is through the power of Christ within you. Ask Jesus to give you his strength and grace to forgive. God, I forgive Jacob for inappropriately touching me in impure ways. During this part, don't be vague, but make sure to renounce specific impure acts that have happened. Lord, I do not want for Jacob to have control over me, and I don't want to have control over Jacob. Forgive me for the sin of entangling myself with Jacob in an ungodly way. Lord, I confess these ungodly ties as sin and ask that you forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In the power and authority of Jesus Christ, I break the ungodly soul tie between me and Jacob. I surrender my heart, soul, and spirit completely to Jesus Christ and his rule, authority, and reign in my life. I put the cross of Jesus Christ between me and Jacob. Lord, I ask you to heal my heart of the effects this soul tie has had on my heart, mind, body, spirit, and life. Restore my soul and my union completely with you. Make me whole and restore everything that the enemy stole from me. Free me to love you with my whole heart and love others with a Christ-like love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I feel the Holy Spirit. Well, girl, it's been great having you on the show today. We covered a lot of deep topics. (laughs) We covered a lot, but I hope that this really encourages everyone to reevaluate your decisions and make wise choices to live pure and to stay free of temptation, to spend time in God's Word and prayer, worship. So yes, we all need to strengthen our daily spiritual walk. Do you have any last words of encouragement before we wrap up today? If I can give any advice as far as staying pure, I would say um, just watch what you allow in your spirit um, as far as what you see on TV, the music you listen to, conversations. I would say with me, this is all about what you're taking in your spirit. I would say read more word, spend time with God daily, worship, prayer. Those are key steps to do. And ladies, I want you to remind yourself, and this goes for men too, but this is something that I kept reminding myself. You'll never be enough 
for someone who is of the world and when they don't seek God first and foremost and fully they'll run to the streets for their problems so you'll never be enough for that person so just remember that if you're in an unequally yoked relationship you'll never be enough and you'll continue to work and it'll just be a dead end in the end so true just continue you all to fight this daily battle it's a decision that you have to make every day you can't just make your mind up one day and not continue to put in the work it's an everyday thing the spirit against the flesh is waging every day it's a war so I just encourage everyone out there to just continue filling their spirit with God um watching what you see um, just watching what you take in your spirit and just know that God has everything under control and he's fighting your battles. Yes, yes. And I also want to encourage you out there and let you know that you are worth the wait. Something that I have to remind myself of as well, but it feels good to be able to share this with others. You are worth it and know that um, God sees your struggle and he sees your pain. He hasn't forgotten about you. So don't feel like you're out here in this world alone, just fighting this by yourself. There are people out here trying to do the same thing. Um, we all have different struggles. So just continue in prayer and, um, go in your secret place. Continue to stay pure. It's not easy, but we're out here doing it. So I will say another aspect to it. The more you feed on the spirit, the stronger you get. I will also say what helps me, I don't know if it would help others, but I'm not a fanatic of social media. Um, I actually don't have Facebook. Um, and I know that today that's probably not logical because people need you know, social media to do business. So I'm not going to say I don't get up there every now and then, but I've probably been off Facebook for about three or four years now. Um, so I don't have that as temptation. I do have Snapchat, um, but anything else I'm rarely on, like Instagram or whatnot. But I don't know how that would help anybody else, but it, it helps me to not even be up there. So, Yeah, I have actually multiple Instagram accounts for ministry and business, and I do have Facebook. But I'm very, very picky with who I follow and who I allow to be on my feed. We just can't let anybody influence us. You know, we have to guard our hearts. Because even as a woman, you know, you can be up there comparing yourself to the next woman and you see all the guys, you know, fondling over her because she's half naked and everything. So you sit there and you say, hey, hmm, maybe I should be like, you know, that woman of the world. But it's a lie from the devil, another lie from the enemy. You continue to be where God wants you to be. So I just know that those types of things happen. So, Right. Well, Darkeisha, it's been great to have you on sharing your heart today. Thank you, Leah, for actually having me on the show. Um, I'm actually not a person that shares my story like this. And you can probably tell in how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were great. Many things that I go through, I don't put out in the open. So I appreciate you for letting me have this outlet to share this. Thank you for opening up and sharing your story. This is going to encourage so many. Thank you, Leah, for having me on the show, and I love you. Aw, love you too. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. 
Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Bye.